Okay, welcome to another episode of AlphaCast. We're excited to have a legend in the space of bioacoustics today, Sherry Edwards. How are you today, Sherry? I'm just great. Wonderful. Fine. Perfect for the moment. That's fantastic to hear. And of course, we have Dr. Bear Paul Lando on the show today, our regular. How are you doing today, Bear? I'm doing wonderful too. Hi, Michael. Hi, Sherry. Great. It's great to have you guys on today. Uh, I'm doing well as well. And um, give you a little breakdown of our guest today. Sherry, um, she is, like I said, a legend in the terrain of bioacoustic biology. Uh, she asks that we imagine a future in which we can be individuals identified and maintained through the use of frequency-based biomarkers that keep us healthy and emotionally balanced. Uh, her work at the Institute of Bioacoustic Biology has shown that we can each have dominion over those frequencies by individual mind management or simple remote control that is completely programmable using the unique techniques of vocal profiling and evaluation, emotional as well as psychological um, and excuse me, physiological issues can be revealed and addressed. Sherry, this is a, a fascinating topic for us because of we're, what we're involved with, with alternative healing modalities and really pushing um, the envelope in regards to uh, how we can take complete autonomy and control over our health and not be subjected to uh, the typical rigorous of uh, big pharma and the mainstream medical establishment that we often find is very reductionist in thought and, and also very much takes the control out of our hands and puts us more into uh, a mindset of victimhood and um, a lot of things associated with actually creating illness instead of preventing it. Um, so I'm not sure really where we want to start today. Maybe give us a little background on how you got into this and what really was your driving um, motivation for getting into bioacoustic biology? Well, I didn't get into it. It sort of got into me. <laughs> so um, from very first memories, I could hear sounds, and I tried to describe them to people, and they just thought I was crazy. I was working myself through college in a speech and hearing department, and Dr. Fusey, the head, said, oh, Sherry, we love you, but don't talk about that. So I finally had my hearing tested, and it was off the scale, and I, my voice could do pure tones. So I'm a mutant of some kind that can make sounds that humans uh, don't make, and I can hear things that humans um, don't hear generally, but we can teach people to do that. So from that very esoteric perspective, where I was really trying to prove that I wasn't schizophrenic, <laughs> it turned itself into a science. And so it's a very ancient blending of you have a signature sound and you use that to meditate, and that's very ancient. And then you have an acoustic emission coming out of your ear John Hopkins University proved that, and they stick a wire in your ear, and they listen to what's going on, and they can predict what kind of health problems you have. So we have wow. just done it um, 
we've combined those two things, taken what I can do naturally, and I use that for comatose people and the animals and whatever, and then combined it with an, uh, a protocol that we've put up on a workstation online for the public to use. And every month we have things like test your voice against bio diet and PTSD and 9-11 uh, toxins. And um, we have about 300 that we've developed just in the clinic by just seeing what was going on. The newest one we have is Marfan's. Because I don't know why, but a lot of people are ending up with Marfan's. It's the same thing that uh, Abraham Lincoln had, where his joints were all loose and he's losing his hair and and whatever. But to do this from an esoteric perspective, somebody would, um, I don't know what you call him, an elder maybe, would give you your sound. And in the Aborigine uh, culture, they have this ceremony where they give the child the name or the sound of who they are and what they are. Jill Matson wrote a great book about it, Lost Waves of Time. And then from the scientific perspective, when we went to um, the National Institute of Health, and um, they just said, there's nothing like this, you know, it's, but we would just suggest that you use case studies to find out what's going on. And in 2004, we were able to say people with similar toxins, pathogens, traumas have similar, if not identical, vocal anomalies. And, and fascinating. And when we put that out, uh, Mayo Clinic, MIT, a lot of other people jumped on what we were doing. And it's now becoming very common because, and I'm going to get into something that you were talking about, if you see your brain as a central processing unit, it has all these frequencies that run around on your nerve network and crook your finger and give you a thought. We don't know where that thought originates or how it originates. I have some ideas. But what we found is if we could look at your voice through your vocal cords, that is through your recurrent laryngeal nerve, that's a direct conduit to the brain, we realize that your voice is a holographic representation in math, in frequencies of all that you are. And I think we could do it from eyelashes if we knew the code. But there's much more to that that we've just found out in the last um, month or so. Wow. There's a theoretical physicist by the name of James Oates. He's at Brown, I think. And he and his students did a project over the summer, and they were looking at the DNA of plants. And they found a binary code in the plants that is um, analogous to a correction code that people use to correct um, computers. And I thought that was absolutely fascinating when they said kind of two things. Are plants here to balance humans with this correction code? And we are a simulation. Mm -hmm. So we took a steps further 
and looked at what we were doing, we know that we can change people's DNA because we reverse things like Down syndrome by using math that we discovered in the RNA patterns. So if plants are a simulation and we can take frequencies and change you from the outside and regrow new parts, then our humans just self-aware, uh, self-programming robots. And I believe that this information that's just come out now is going to make it allowable for our maker, whatever that is, outer space, inner space, simultaneous dimensions, it's going to allow our maker to show themselves because we've become aware now that we're being programmed in some way. And that last two months, you've seen all these increases in UFO and all these increases in articles about we're just a simulation. Yeah, we talk about the simulation concept a lot and we relate it to uh, waveform mechanics and in some people call the electric universe concept. And uh, we can understand this and see this uh, in the concept of as above, so below. And I'll really let Bear kind of dive more into this in a second. But back to your notion of um, the uh, hologram of our, our voice projecting as a hologram, that makes a lot of sense. Um, are you familiar with Dr. Masuro Emoto? And the Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and we see, he was fascinating, and I think he's passed away now, but he was fascinating in the way that he was able to um, take um, sound and voice and uh, use that with water and plants and show the effects that those would have with the crystal nature of water. And not even just, they did voice, but they also did just meditation and thinking. So kind of where I come from is I see the voice as, yes, that holographic representation of consciousness. And it's in this physical plane that we use, we use voice to project our consciousness. Um, but uh, yeah, really interesting, uh, new, new, uh, uh, you know, new scientific studies coming out right now. This is really, really cool. Bear, um, any thoughts on um, this new information and stuff? Yeah. Boy, a lot of thoughts, a lot of comments. I want to listen to Sherry most of all, but Sherry, first off, uh, so good to see you. Uh, you and I met up, I don't know, must have been 25 years ago or something. I was uh, had my clinic in my career days in Maui, and uh, we uh, heard about you through the practitioner grapevine uh, because so back in the late 70s, I got very involved in, uh, and curious about sound therapy because I just intuited that it was the future of all medicine because everything is frequencies. And I uh, studied the works of uh, people like Theo Gimbel over in Great Britain and, and uh, some other folks that I just, it, you know, I had pretty wet behind the years, but I was just looking for anything that I could find. So I was delighted when I found you and heard your story. So you were kind enough to come over and train my staff. Uh, oh, must have been for a week or so. And uh, we met every day. And, um, and you, uh, after you left, I built my first sound room uh, inspired by your work and some of the things that I learned from you. And I've been uh, working with uh, uh, sound therapies to this day. 
Um, you know, I've followed your work from afar for a long time now, uh, ever since we met those years ago. And uh, I've been wanting to retool and, and uh, retake some of your seminars because I know you've developed quite a bit since then. Uh, we didn't have uh, software and computers back when we first met. So it was uh, done sort of longhand with different technologies and things. So uh, I'm so delighted to have you here today. Just a couple comments. So, um, you know, first off, you're talking about the holographic nature of sound. Um, one of the things that uh, I've well studied in is waveform physics that uh, Mike was alluding to, and especially the type as taught by a gentleman by the name of Walter Russell, who is really the missing link between uh, a lot of what we're talking about and what passes for science today. And uh, Walter Russell understood and, and actually demonstrated that we are, in fact, a simulation, and it's a simulation coming from pure thought waves uh, emanating from consciousness, which create an electrical polarization that create the thought waves, and each one of those waves that manifests everything in, in our simulation, if you want to call it that, uh, has 18 dimensions. One of those is sound. But because it's really only one wave with 18 dimensions, then sound, uh, you know, is um, really, uh, if you understand it and can interpret it properly, it will tell you about every facet of whatever you're studying, whether it's a so-called inanimate object or a, a human or some other kind of life form. And, um, and uh, another thing that's uh, very near and dear to me, because uh, these days I'm more of a permaculture farmer and uh, so I spend my time outside and, and growing things and communicating with plants. And, and so I love it when you uh, talk about the resonant uh, sound fields of plants. And because uh, my wife and myself are convinced that uh, we communicate very clearly to them. And they uh, pretty much follow the dictates of whatever our intentions are. So with that, I'd like uh, just to hear you, uh, you know, continue with your story. And then uh, eventually maybe, uh, you know, get into some of your updates and your software and, and uh, you know, how other people, including practitioners, can learn from you and, and just lay people can benefit from some of the generous work you've created for us all. Well, it's all computerized now. It's all on a workstation uh, called Sound Health Portal. And people can go on there and there's tutorials, there's textbooks. They can learn to do all of this. You know, Theo Gimble wrote a really sweet book about color. And if it's still in publication, I would recommend it to anybody who wants a good basic idea of how the frequencies of color blend with the frequencies of our genetics and how we hear and how we see and how we love and what our heart does. It's just a fascinating book. Um, Walter Russell is uh, from another world. I went to visit uh, Swannanoa, um, his wife Leah was still alive, and to be able to see and to touch his library and how world and otherworldly it was, it's just incredible. And his idea of spirals are one of the concepts that we use when we give people back their own frequency because everybody has a sound and what they really mean is everybody has a frequency but everybody has a sound uh, sounds better 
So it's this very esoteric information that Russell and Gimbel uh, are looking at. There's so many wonderful people out there looking at the ancient stuff and pulling it together. Um, Jill Madsen, I mentioned her book. She takes each culture and shows you how sound worked as a healing modality in her book, That Lost Waves of Time. Um, Jill's a close friend. I love her. She does music. Um, and she has taught me so much. One of the big uh, ahas for me is I was reading a book by um, oh, Sheila. Oh, good grief. I just had her on the tip of my tongue. The Tree of Life and the Holy Grail. Um, and she wrote in there, I hadn't met her. Um, Sylvia Franck, F-R-A-N-K-E, I believe. She wrote in there, Sherry Edwards is a modern keeper of the Holy Grail information. And I was flabbergasted because I, I really thought that I was schizophrenic. Hearing these sounds, not knowing how they worked not knowing how anything we did worked we just know we had results but to look back into some of that literature about um all of the holy grail people and the templars it's fascinating what the ancients knew about music and i think one of the things that uh u.s Researchers have just now come about, oh, we have a new organ. It's called the interstitium. Well, the Chinese knew about that years ago. It's how you use acupuncture and acupressure. The interstitium is a layer right under the skin that when we give somebody a sound that has a magnetic potential, you can feel and get excited about uh, the vibrations that happen. It's like opening your kundalini with sound. And so we think that's where we're working in that interstitium. And it comes from the idea of it's non-physical first. We get it into the interstitium through the skin. And that's how we work with sounds that will penetrate the skin. And it awakens the body. I think it goes directly to the spine, and if we get all the frequencies of the spine and feed it to the interstitium, I think people can control their own body. But as a doctor and somebody who digs into things, think about why people need a disease. To tell you something, to say pay attention here, what is the purpose of dis-ease. I think it needs to kick in a healing um, sense, potential, whatever. And I think it can be trained for people to drop into that flow. We have a couple articles I'll send. One's about going into theta for self-healing. And that puts you in contact with this interstitium. And sometimes people report that they're doing astral projection and we can help them do that with sound or we can just show them what their own sounds are and they can use that to become aware of this potential.
of our own bodies. Wow. Wow. So many things uh, you just covered right there that uh, is absolutely mind-blowing with the interstitium too. And as you say, going up the, um, the spinal cord, do you think this can relate to kind of reawakening the pineal gland? And, um, you know, as you say, out-of-body experience and stuff, stuff I play with, lucid dreaming, et cetera, we know that most humans in the modern world have a, um, a very much a calcified pineal gland due to a lot of that, um, things, not only in the environment, but just how we're raised these days is disconnected from it. Have you guys done any studies into that? Uh, well, sort of roundabout. People come in here and they are limited by what they think they can do. And so we try to peel away the limitations and then that real self comes up. We have a computer program that's available to people on that portal. It's called Nano Voice. It's right on the front page. And people can talk to it and they need 500 hits. And then you punch a button and it sends you a report of what's going on with you. If you have uh, the note of D and stress, and that's liver, so you're doing something called gunny sucking. You're holding on to a lot of uh, hurts and stuff, and you're not open with people because you're afraid you're going to hurt them. So we look at A sharp, and those are the people that have the potential to be mediums. And the note of, I see you want to talk. Go ahead. <laughs> um. I was just saying that, uh, God, this connect, because myself being a, a DJ and producer for 20 years in music, it, it just, you know, and I've always had a natural ear for um, what's tonic and what, uh, what works well together, putting music together. You see that in personalities, too. It's really fascinating. In their voice, in, uh... in their voices, a lot of sour notes. <laughs> and we just try to bring down what's too high bring up what's too low, look at their math as a harmonic resonance, and then the body goes ahead and heals itself. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I really echo what you said, uh, Sherry, that disease is really not disease at all. It's a very purposeful biological response meant to heal. And uh, when you go back and study the original, like the Shan Han Lun with uh, the Bible of uh, Chinese medicine, uh, and they talk about five element healing. In other words, looking at the elements uh, that are metaphors, actually, you know, earth, uh, water, fire, so forth. Um, they're actually talking about frequencies. And when you look at the original translations, they give you the exact keynotes. So when I do acupuncture, I don't favor needles. I like to do uh, frequencies and specifically with acoustics and tuning forks. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, use the portals, those points, uh, in order to resonate the frequencies with the tuning forks uh, through the interstitial fluids and, and the connective tissue. And the connective tissue in those channels are actually what meridians are. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's all about sound and frequency, and we find it works a lot better and it's got pretty involved where we don't just use simple keynotes, but we create fifths and thirds and, and know how to, you know, kind of play the body like a piano. And uh, so, yeah, it's so great to hear you talk about these things. 
it's one of the things that we've been able to do well. Last night, I had a cramp in my lower leg in the peroneus muscle. So I went to the computer and I looked up the frequency per, for peroneus, and it was um, some iron and some magnesium. So I took that. I just thought about it, actually, and the cramp went away. But I also said to the cramp, okay, I love you. Uh, you're here to tell me something. What do I need? What What's our relationship here? So the body redundant, it, we have these like 300,000 correlations. Like the vertical muscle of the tongue is related to vasopressin, which is related to high blood pressure and also high blood sugar. And one of the tests they're doing now, just recently in the last few years, is can you turn over your tongue? So the tongue is telling you your vasopressin is in stress. It's the body is so awesome in what it says. And that's one of the things we try to teach, even in the free classes, we teach all of this uh, to people. And our goal is to teach them enough so they can do their own stuff and we don't have to. It's not that I'm lazy. I'm just busy. <laughs> so what's the greatest takeaway from this so far is that this is super empowering and something we're always about is allowing us to know ourselves better through any p potential because we are intuitive uh, and we don't necessarily, we can be complete in control of our health and of our reality if we choose to. And so you're providing an amazing technology uh, to uh, allow us to do that. Do um, you want to get a little more into how this technology works and it, it say I wanted to, how would I get access to it? Uh, do I put it on my computer and stuff? And then is there any extra uh, hardware or anything that I would need? Uh, boy, there's a dozen different answers there. One, we have been working with plants to make them more potent um, we've been asked by a big company that's dealing with um, CBDs to make things more potent or to change the frequency of a plant. We can get the little two-leaf little plant started in about half the time. We don't know what it'll do on long-term growing season, but that is uh, to protect our outside environment. And we know the antidotes to... Um, Glyphosate. Uh, we have sounds that will deal will be an EpiPen. Um, we have sounds that will help with drug overdose. So, even though we started a lot of this with the outside environment, we're now going to the inside environment and seeing what is happening. We can take your voice and put it in the computer program and drill down, and if it says um, Oh, adiponectin comes to mind, but nobody knows what to do with that. Uh, but it's a thing that helps people lose weight or move fats through the body. So you have adiponectin. We go down to the next layer and the next layer, and it says, okay, this is a gene. And we're going to work on this gene because it's not something you can do on your own. We dig deeper that way, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. But it replaces a lot of medical tests. And on the other side, we say, okay, stem cells. What do you need to um, activate your stem cells? And people can go 
look at the nutrients, look at which nutrients they're high or low on, and go buy that food or grow it or whatever. So it gets you down to the cellular level and tells you how you got there. And then we do classes to help people reverse that. So, um, and are you, you, so you literally have tones coming out of the software then you're saying through your speakers? Uh, uh, it was a, equipment. It's a, through a speaker, right? Like ambient music. Sounds like a um, refrigerator in the distance. It's not something intrusive. And if it is intrusive, it means your body is now making the sound and we don't need to. We want people to learn to hate their sounds as quick as they can because they don't need us. And with this article that we have created, and it's about going to Theta, we teach people how to totally do without us because you carry a sound around in your ear every day, every moment, every second that's trying to balance what's going on in your body. But there's man-made electricity, there's bad food, there's bad sex, bad car trips. Think of this, and I haven't been able to prove it yet, but there's a sound coming out of your ear, and they've proven it. There's a sound coming out of your mouth, and that's obvious. <laughs> From your sound, from your mouth to my ears, it creates an interfering wave pattern. And I think that's how we have been able to uh, perceive meaning from who and what we're listening to. Makes and sense. if we can get those patterns compatible, uh, we have frequencies to keep the heart in rhythm and the brain running freely, and we combine those. And when you do, the body goes into balance. If it has the right frequencies to feed it as if it's food or a good meal. And we can test that. Well, the sound coming out of your ear, one way to know is if you've ever been in the wilderness or somewhere really remote where it's extremely, extremely quiet, um, you'll, not only will you be able to hear things in, you know, super far away, like a uh, a raindrop half a mile away, but you can start to hear that that ambience in your ear, and then when you go back to somewhere with more you know with more civilization, everything seems so loud. Uh, so that makes complete sense that we have a, a sound emitting, and that I guess those frequencies, um, the way they counterbalance or uh, line up, then that they have a dialogue, and that creates the matrix, if you will, of understanding for us. That's a great way to put it. That sound you're talking about, is that the millions of tree frogs or angels singing off in the distance? <laughs> how do you hear it? Yeah, exactly. It's how we decipher reality. Um, yeah, that's, that is so cool. And you know what's really, um, I'm, so as a DJ, I'm involved with um, a lot of events with the younger kids these days. You know what's really become a big thing is in these festivals is the sound baths. Um, you go to areas where they're doing sound baths. And the other thing too is the resonance of um, 432 Hertz um, music. And um, I'm interested to know, cause they call this kind of the healing, um, the, the healing frequency. And when you look at a lot of mainstream pop music and stuff, they're at the, the counter um, frequency, which is um, a much more, uh, I don't know if I want to say negative, 
but it's the kind of antithesis to 432. I'm trying to remember if that's 442 or whatnot, but have you guys done much research into 432 hertz? I love 432. It's the stuff that's talked about in the Bible and a lot of ancient literature. You can cast out nines, and that's how we look at our math when we look at a problem even in kindergarten they can test it if it casts out the nines and it's four three two that's a nine and there's a whole um scale based on 439 440 and 445 and all this but everybody has their own scale and that's what we go on and when you're looking at the opposite of 432, just multiply it by the square root of 2, and you'll see it's opposite. It's how canceling headphones work. Yeah, exactly. And it's how the sun works, too, we're finding yes. out. <laughs> Everything, as above, so below, right? Uh, fascinating stuff. Yeah, yeah. and um, in terms of the 432, I know a lot of music producers now who are just working in that music. So their shows, when you go, and I've gone to a couple of these shows, it's insane how the music's loud, but it doesn't feel loud. And it's, it's, it's really cool. You, in the, in, when you're in a social setting with a lot of people in that soundscape, it's almost like you're all coming together in this singular waveform. Uh, it's... Uh, it's really cool to see that um, people are waking up to this and understanding how sound uh, directly uh, not only reflects our consciousness, but on this physical form um, literally can heal us. So, it feels more lively, alive. Yeah. We're talking about alchemy here, really. I mean, yes. this, is, this is alchemy in its, in its finest form. Um, and you know, you're talking, the reason why I ask is if your machine has tones come out, we talk a lot about this is that, you know, in the end, you don't even necessarily, you know, and we might get in trouble for saying this, but you don't necessarily even need to go and get those minerals or uh, whatever um, supplements, et cetera, that, um, that machine's telling you, because if you understand how you can alchemically create that with the electrical waveforms, you can actually, with your own consciousness and voice, change those and, and, and heal yourself. So Absolutely. And you can think about eating a watermelon if you want potassium and vitamin C. I've gotten to the point where I can think about taking a pill or thinking about eating something that I need, and it works. But I've been doing this for 30 years, too. <laughs> and that's uh, perfectly explainable how that's uh, a reality, not just possible. Because all of those, uh, you know, in our work, we're always trying to get people to think upstream rather than, you know, downstream, like you're going to fix yourself with some external thing, whether it's a vitamin or a plant or whatever. Those are good training wheels, but what they're, the only thing they're doing is carrying specific patterns that uh, if you need them, uh, you know, that when you interact with those uh, frequency patterns, then they're going to create a balance in you, but uh, there comes a time where we don't need those. And that's, of course, uh, um, you know, the, the basis of uh, breatharians and, and folks that uh, get to a point where they don't even need food anymore. And, you know, that is a fact. There are people like that running around. So uh, if, in fact, everything comes from a level of consciousness to begin with, including the manifestation of plants and minerals, and Walter Russell demonstrated that very well, 
then uh, we as co-creators in that collective consciousness can certainly do that ourselves. And, uh, you know, in, in my own life, I, I uh, started experiencing that years ago uh, when I was a kid playing sports and, and just training in the off-season. You get to a point where you set your intentions and before you even go to the gym or hit the track, your body just starts morphing into what your intentions are. And the same thing, we have people, um, you know, that I've worked with for a long time, they develop that level of sensitivity and we'll do a session and maybe have some follow through with some herbs or homeopathy and everything. And they've already shifted before they even need to take them. So we observe that all the time. Well, they've proven it in research. They give one group go play basketball and one go think about it. And it's pretty nearly the same improvement. You know, if a moto can do this with water and uh, people can program crystals, which I think are the two bloods and lymph of the earth, that crystals are somehow the blood and water is the lymph system. If they can talk to and change crystals, we can change the pH of water with sound. And we're 90% water. Why can't we just do that? I think it's because people have been told that only the special people can do it. Hmm. Only the acts of God. That's why we want to teach this to everybody. Everybody has a right to choices and freedom and options. And that's what can happen. You know, the, the first class is free. There's all kinds of things on the portal that they can test themselves. And then they can learn this and take it to their community. That's my rose-colored wish for the world, that there's a bioacoustic center in every community. And then I think we're free, free of big pharma, free of the disease uh, eventually. Uh, you know, I programmed myself. If I eat something that has a poison or toxin on it, I just throw it up. My body has totally rejected it. If we never brought in anything that was bad for us, that we couldn't have optimal form and function, I think that would be an op- an optimal uh, freedom. We don't need other, well, to a certain extent, we don't need other people telling us that we're eating too much meat and we can't have hamburgers anymore. I think it's gotten to the point of ridiculousness in New York, at least, when you somebody wants a soda, they can't have it only up to a certain amount. They're regulating whether or not you can have this food or that food or that medicine. It's crazy. That's our right. Meanwhile, we have famous chefs in, is it Finland? Uh, I forgot his name, Magnus, I believe. He's coming out saying that we need to start eating humans because of the rainforest. So we're going there and, I mean, talk about insanity. Uh, And he's like a famous chef that's been on a chef's table on Netflix and stuff. So, yeah, we're definitely going down. Uh, We're at a slippery slope right now. And having your type of technology, if we were going down the right path, you know, I envision a world where, and we talk about this with true smart cities that are actually naturalistic with flowing gardens. You walk through and then we have, imagine that you're walking through a 432 hertz sound bath that cleanses you during your lunch hour. 
Um, you can go into your bioacoustic, um, uh, you know, center and get some readings, you know, say like last night I had a bad migraine actually. Imagine if I had that technology and it, it pinpointed for me exactly the source and what I need to do. Um, I mean, these are the, the future, um, you know, revolutions that we need in our society so that we can uh, grow consciously and really um, thrive in a place. And right now, currently, it's pretty obvious that um, the way society is set up is the exact opposite of that. Bioacoustic can also be used for space travel because we know the frequencies that will keep the bones and muscles from atrophying. So this whole big blue about we're overpopulated, it is just dirt, crap. We can go to other planets. That's a big piece of what's holding up space travel. So wow. there's so much you can do with this. It's math as medicine. You wouldn't have to take every medicine or a way to uh, make every medicine if you had just the bioacoustic formulas to make whatever you needed. We've already done experiments with increasing or decreasing the potency of medicine just using sound. But we're very cautious about how we come out to the public because we're stepping on a lot of financial toes. Oh, people sure. don't want, some people don't want the populace to have the rights and the freedoms of their own body and God-given gifts. So we have to be very, very careful about what we do and how we and, lay claim to this. And just beyond financial concerns, of course, it's obvious that it's about control and what the yes. attempts are doing now is to deliberately cut us off from our source so that we lose our autonomy and are able to be controlled by other people. And so, of course, uh, you know, I strongly believe, and, and Michael does as well, that we're here to, uh, you know, our real purpose is to evolve our consciousness, however, you know, you want to think about that. And with the vaccines, uh, putting uh, foreign DNA into our bodies, and, and all the technologies, they, uh, you know, overwhelm our nervous system with, it cuts off our ability to tune into those higher bandwidths and keeps us in a very low reactionary state. And uh, so what I'm, you know, really my passion, Sherry, uh, and I think you use the term uh, predictive wellness, uh, you know, not only to uh, use these technologies to um, combat issues that you might have already developed, but to stay healthy, but even more importantly, to use these to raise your consciousness so that we're once and for all beyond the realm of anybody's control. We just did a whole project on lies. Like you can lie with your words, but you can't lie with the sounds of your voice. So we can tell who's not telling the truth. Think what would happen if there could be no lies on the planet? What would happen to the presidential campaigns? <laughs> That'd be a big one. Uh, uh, marriages, uh, government, banks, you know, uh, Monsanto. 
What would happen if they weren't allowed to spend something? If everybody was telling the truth? And we just did a, a program about that. And I'll send you a copy if you want to share it with your, your listeners. It tells them how to look at somebody's voice and look at why they're doing the things they're doing. But that wasn't the real purpose for it. The real purpose was so people could find their own foundation without the oughts and shoulds. There was a great um, documentary not long ago where a woman said, you can have whatever you want. Just think about it and uh, create it. Well, what they forgot to teach you was there's consequences to that. Maybe it's the neighbor's wife. Why should he have to do without his wife so you could have it? So there needs to be some way that you can um, check counterbalance what's going on so this little nano that we give away people can say well I really want my neighbor's wife and they can look at what happens well it knocks out their C and their C sharp and then their ego blows out and wow. I'm what is the name of that movie um, boy that's awful but people can say do I want this job or this job um, am I doing the right thing the right decision and because we have lost the ability to discern that, but our voice knows, and it will show you on the screen, are you making the right decision for your body, your beliefs, uh, your morality? We need a moral reset. And a lot of it, I think, is because people don't know themselves and they can't touch those other dimensions that would really give them feedback as to where they need to go. Yeah, definitely lacking the feedback. And also there, there seems to be, and I talk about this a lot, this like great deal of pessimism, thanks to materialistic science and a lot of the more modern um, technological kind of grid that we're in with all the information we're getting. There seems to be this great pessimism that's taken over and this pure materialism. So people don't have those feedback uh, loops like we had even with like religion and with a lot more wholesome, if you will, kind of uh, family, uh, uh, you know, greater family uh, re realities that we used to have. Now everyone's more isolated and more individualized, which can be powerful. But when you're stuck within this matrix of, of um, I guess you call it pseudo feedback, right? Where you're going on Twitter and you're just in your echo chambers or you're um, listening to mainstream news, which is really just entertainment, feeding you um, advertisements that uh, uh, major multinational companies are funding to profit off you. There's, there's, you're right, we're lacking that kind of wholesome moral fabric. Uh, and it's, um, you know, it's a, really an epidemic. So having no lying, it reminds me, do you ever see that Jim Carrey movie, Liar, Liar? Yes. Where? <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, it's classic because he's not allowed to lie, and it really causes him a lot of stress and anxiety at first. But then, what's he do? He connects with his son. He ends up being, of course, a great happy ending. Um, so this is something that uh, I, I talk about a lot too. Yeah, kill. If we had a society where you were not allowed to lie, or where if everybody could read everyone's thoughts, we would be catapulted towards uh, conscious. Uh, 
evolution because you'd be focused to be start taking responsibility for your life and yourself and getting more in touch with your heart and really what's important in your life, which is, of course, your own values and your own um, spiritual development. Right now so, in America... Um, go ahead, Bear. No, no, sure. You go ahead, fi uh, finish your thought, and then I'll jump in. I said, what we have in America now is this idea of greed versus freedom and choice and solutions. Those people who are trying to take away your choices and your solutions for you are the enemy and we should identify them and look at what their motives are for doing this and that's one of the biggies we do in the political arena and trying to see why is that person saying that what's their motive we did a whole thing on the presidential campaigns and the hit squad we know what's motivating them and everybody has a right to see what's motivating the people who are trying to make them change. So yeah. Sherry, um, while we're on the subject of liars, <laughs> what I was going to jump in with, and, and if you're not comfortable answering this, please don't. Um, I watched you on another show recently where you actually mentioned uh, certain uh, esteemed politicians by name. Uh, after you did a voice analysis on them, or is there anybody you'd like to share with us or any comments on that? Um, I just thought of the movie, The Secret. You remember that one? I just oh, couldn't, yeah, couldn't yeah, think yeah. of it. Um, I don't think Biden's going to last, and we put that out a couple of months ago because his crib cycle is not supporting him, and it looks as if he's had a stroke. He has the same kind of biochemistry that Reagan had with the the zinc and the copper, which creates schizophrenia and Alzheimer's. That's the one that we've done the most on. I, uh, you have anybody in particular of who you want well, to know? There's a couple congressmen, uh, members of the squad. I think that you listen to them and, and just had some thoughts about personality traits and and maybe uh, whether they're being uh, disingenuous or not. Well, we looked at all four of, I call them the hit squad. And AOC is the one that's out there. But her voice says that these are not her ideas. She lacks foundation. Most of her energy is in fantasy, so it's how she thinks she's going to look or gain from doing it. She's just eye candy. And when we put that out a couple months ago, she fell out of the public eye for a while. And some of the things we're doing, I see them on these um, TV shows, so somebody's listening. But I was in shock when I did Ilhan Omar, she's the one with the turban thing all the time, a little teeny, petite, good-looking. And what we put out on her is that her voice mostly matched Charlie Manson. So we begin looking deeper. She's the leader of this. She has a strong, strong foundation from when she was a youngster. It goes way deep into her personality. But one of the things I said is her personality came up and it said, 
She's not trustworthy. She'll stab you in the back in a minute. And now, uh, what, a month or so later, all this stuff comes out about her having an affair and really embarrassing a lot of people and really betraying them. So, yeah, she's a, she sounds like she's a sociopath. See, I'm not allowed to say that. Well, that's why we're here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of politicians, and, and we're very, an, we're very um, kind of anti-political on uh, here. It's like we don't believe, you know, in the false left, right, left paradigm and all that nonsense. Um, what about Trump? Because I mean, I'm sure that's what everybody uh, is interested in. And I've actually seen some really interesting astrological. Um, studies in Trump and that were actually kind of positive. So um, two comments before we go on. Um, Obama was the biggest liar that I have ever encountered based on his vocal rant. And Biden matches that trait of Obama, but it just doesn't have the energy to carry it through. I'm sorry. What? Oh, I just said talking. Uh, and then you ask about. Well, real quick on on uh, on Obama. I mean, he was a he's a the classic example of a perfectly manicured and trained politician who, um, through rhetoric and through not even rhetoric, but through just uh, the countenance of his voice, it makes you just feel calm and kind of like, oh, this guy is my best friend and making me feel good. Meanwhile, actions speak louder than words. And what we found out after his. Um, presidency with all the um, the things that you know that were uncovered but um, that doesn't surprise me at all that Biden Biden seems like a, almost like Frankenstein now he's you know like a, a shell of a what he, uh, of a human being um, it's amazing that he's even trying to run it shows just how embarrassing our political uh, scene is right now the normal score is 42 and when Obama and Clinton were talking about Benghazi, their false scores, falsification scores were over a thousand. Wow. And now I've totally forgotten the real question you asked. Oh, wow. We were going to get into Trump, but real quick, do you have issues? So I know with like classical lie, lie tests, um, sometimes sociopaths can pass them because they literally totally believe in everything that they're saying. But it mm -hmm. sounds like with the voice, there's no way to to fake it or get around it. I think a good actor could. I think Robin Williams could have beat it. Uh, but with Trump, years when he was campaigning, we put out that he was on statins. His cholesterol was an issue that was um, food and parents, but nothing people didn't know. Except the last time we did his voice, he has a hearing issue starting. So... Oh, interesting. What about as far as lying goes? You know, he, that's the big narrative that a lot of his uh, opponents say is that he's just a vapid liar. He just lies, lies, lies. Well, he lied about Stormy Daniels. Uh, it did happen. And we tested her voice and his. It probably wasn't a, a complete act. I, how do I be polite about that? Um, I can't. And Stormy Daniels' story about some man approaching her in a parking lot and trying to molest her 
that was not about uh, being threatened by Trump's people. That wasn't true. He really came at her, and she, she, it was about uh, she was afraid she was going to be molested. It wasn't a threat from somebody. It was in all the wrong notes and octaves. So those are just some of the things that you can look at. I was trying to look at the economy. Yes, he's very straightforward about that. Uh, he has a solid, solid foundation. Uh, we've done, oh, the thing that Trump looks like more than anything else is a gunslinger, a bounty hunter. Interesting. So people are, he's coming in to clean the swamp, but people don't like it because it's disturbing their pocketbooks and their reputation. But the whole of the people love him, just may not love his methods. Hmm. So if you see him and perceive him as a gun a slinger, you can understand it better. Yeah, I kind of perceive him as kind of an old school, uh, red-blooded American who believes in, uh, you know, the ability for entrepreneurs and business to, um, you know, that's the point of coming here. And he... He doesn't get a lot of the um, political correctness. He sees that as just nonsense. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy, um, and uh, he's uh, not—he's not a tactful politician. So, uh, unlike Obama, Biden, even the Clinton—you know, Bill Clinton, et cetera—they were very good with their words. And he's just kind of like, "This is what I am. I'll go, I'll offend you. I don't care." So. Um, uh, it's not very, <laughs> I can see where he gets in a lot of trouble, but overall that's, that's really interesting. Um, when you say economy, have you, have you, uh, ever delved into any of the personalities in the fed or, um, any of those types, uh, Soros, uh, any Rockefellers, Rothschilds, those types? Some, but I can't remember right on the top of my head. We've, we try to look at people who are bringing controversy like um, population control and things like that. Um, oh, what about Bill Gates? A long story. You have time? <laughs> well, it's really, we have time. It's a matter of your time. We're coming up on an hour, so maybe we can start to wrap it up. But um, you've got my, piqued my interest. When we did uh, Bill Gates... Um, he, oh, where do I start this? We followed him through the series of hearings in the government when they were trying to um, get rid of him, his monopoly. Mm -hmm. There was a time when he was very uh, adamant that he was not going to cooperate. And then all of a sudden he's going to cooperate. Um, then the government left him alone, unexplainable. And the next thing you know, he comes out with universal vaccinations and population control. What did you say? I said, yep. Oh, yeah. That's why I brought him up because uh, we all know about his foundation, he and his wife, and pushing uh, this agenda worldwide. So it, that is interesting, right? They're cracking down on his, on his worldwide empire, and all of a sudden he kind of uh, skates out uh, and then and presents this to the world. We contacted his so, people, and it's a really interesting story if you have a few minutes. Sure. Um, we contacted them because we have a software program called Prevac, and we 
uh, offer that to groups who want to test their kids for um, vaccination damage. And I said, we have this. What is logical here? It's logical to test the kids before the vaccine because not everyone is affected to the same degree. So let's put a program together and test the kids that might be suspect or all of them. And they wrote me the dirtiest, nastiest brush off. And the guy, the doctor that signed it had just come from a um, drug company because I looked him up. Now, isn't that logical? Test all the kids before the vaccines. No, there is a book out, um, Diagnosis from a Legitimate um, Drug Person. Um, her name, oh, here it goes again. Not remembering her name, I will in a minute. But she was a great drug rep. Gwen Olson, and she was so good, they put her in charge of training other people. And the first thing they said to her is, you have to convince the newborns that they need a vaccine, so then we have a customer for life. She wrote a book about that. It's disgusting. Oh, we know Gee. it well. Gwen Olson Foundation for Health Sovereignty. Yes. Yeah, GwenOlson.com. Um, you, know, you know what we're dealing with right now in California is SB276 was just passed, SB714, which is setting up a total draconian database for um, the ability to um, get exemptions from uh, vaccinations for kids to go to school. And there has uh, all week been massive protests at the state capitol the governor signed them in a law immediately after they fast-tracked 714 all in one day without any public uh, discussion about it. That's the uh, database that they'll be setting up in 2021. So um, we are literally going into brave new world territory where drugs are being mandated upon the populace and then put into, if you if you get escape the mandation, you're put into a, uh, into a database that they can track um, frightening stuff. I love Gwen Olson. She is one of the most honest people that I've ever tested. She and Ron Paul had the list of telling the truth the most. And Ron Paul was talking about a law that Congress made that allows them to assassinate people without any consequences. Uh, I think Gwen had to leave the country. They were crabbing at her so much. But wow. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. She, uh, I think that's got to be one of the most dangerous things you can do is be a whistleblower from the pharmaceutical company industry. The whistleblower for Google, Zach Juarez, he's mm -hmm. an honest man. He's telling the truth. Oh, I don't doubt that. What about, do you know who Catherine Austin Fitz is? I don't think so. Oh, look her up. She's an amazing. She was uh Secretary of uh, uh, HUD under um, the Bushes, and she's a big whistleblower about um, everything they're doing financially with um, uh, uh, essentially uh, billions and billions of dollars towards black projects. And um, she goes into a lot of the same stuff. I'd just be interested to know if you knew her. Um, but she, I, I, I get this. I get, I'm a, I've always been a person that can really vibe out 
people in the Navy, it's, I have a, that natural ear, but I can usually call almost 95% who's lying and who's not. She seems super legit. And what she's saying is so explosive. It's probably the, it's bigger than even the vaccine thing. It's basically saying that government now can, uh, everything, the entire budget's gone black. Uh, and, um, uh, pretty, pretty frightening stuff. So anyways, a little tangent there, but, um, man, I'd love to have you back on Sherry to go over more of these, uh, um, these, uh, personality overviews. I know it's something you do a lot in other shows and we really, for us, we're really more interested and focused on the health aspect, but I tell you, it is pretty fun. And, um, it would be cool to also get more information on getting involved with your workshops, get that out to our community. We are uh, working really hard to develop uh, an online community and co-op for um, folks that are interested in having complete autonomy and uh, sovereignty over their health. So I would love it to be part of that community. We do workshops for groups to help them get out from under the tyranny. And that's a good place to start. Wonderful. Well, um, let's share your website here. Uh, is it soundhealthoptions.com or what's the best website to share with our community? Soundhealthoptions.com has all of the schedules and classes uh, and articles. Uh, we, we just have tremendous breakthroughs with um, articles. Um, I'm, I'm thinking two ways. One, tell you a story about Adrian, and the other, tell you that, yes, soundhealthoptions.com is great, but if they want the workstation where they can learn to do the work, soundhealthportal.com. Okay. Pretty... Do you have time for a quick story? Yes, please. Okay, Dr. Robert Rogers uh, runs Parkinson's Recovery. And we have found a lot of people who have Parkinson's are misdiagnosed. So we created a, a database of about 60 people and we're able to divide them up. Um, he had a daughter that had been in and out of hospitals for 20 years and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. They just said she was a mental case. And so he said to me, you know, this isn't Parkinson's, but can you look at it? I looked at it and it was Parkinson's. It was a very rare type of Parkinson's. So we gave her the antidotes and the support by sound and she started to get better. And we peeled away the layers of uh, tremors and uh, liver and it came down to uh, with all of the stuff that we were peeling away, she really had Lyme disease. Wow, that's crazy you say that because I was literally right, you know, two seconds ago thinking Lyme disease. That yep. is wild. But the computer found it after we took care of what the computer said we need to do first. And it's cases like that that we're really good at if it can't be figured out. But I think the population should take some... Um, responsibility here because if we didn't have people that sued McDonald's for sticking hot coffee in our own crotch we're a litigious society we need to take some responsibility 
because it's forced doctors to limit themselves for what they can tell you and deal with you and do. There's a lot of doctors out there, wonderful ones, that want to help you, but they are just strangled by all the rules and regulations that have come about because of how we, the population, um, respond. But in America, what is there, um, five or 600 uh, lawmakers at the federal level? And we're millions, 3.2 million. Why do they get to run us? We need to make the difference. Get them out of office. Make a list. Who's trying to control your choices? That's your enemy. Well, we're seeing it well, in that's California right now with Richard Pan and everything they're doing, pushing with the, I mean, it's obvious that they're, and there's been a connection shown too with all the, um, the pharma money coming in and supporting them. And it's, they're literally now pushing mandated vaccines. And uh, next up will be a, adult mandated vaccines to fly. We're literally going there. So you are right. We need, we're supposed to have a representative republic here. Uh, it's not even a democracy. It's the idea is that we have a representative republic, and if they're not um, if they're not holding up their end of the bargain, the idea is we, um, you know, they they're supposed to serve us. I think of America yeah. as free, and we can have our own opinions, and that's great and wonderful. And that what makes us a success right now. It's if you think different from me, not as you act. Even if you think different from me, you must die. Look at Atifa and what's going on there. If you think different, that's our foundation that we are allowed to to um, be different, think different. That's what. Well, that's why we have a representative republic, so it it protects the individual that thinks different, not just mass you know, uh, hordes that, that then direct policy. The idea is that it can protect that one individual that might have a total different counter thought, but Hey, that thought could end up being revolutionary. That's the beauty of our system. Well, Any, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say what we're really dealing with today is a spiritual battle and spiritual, of course, is being able to turn in uh, tune into those higher bandwidths. And that's why they're deliberately hitting us with the 5G and uh, putting foreign DNA, uh, you know, from insects and, and uh, herd animals into our body. It's literally turning us into herd animals and uh, not just uh, compromising our health, but uh, our ability for critical thought, our ability to be rational. And, um, you know, again, it goes back to the control mechanism, but there's a growing number of people that are tuning into those higher bandwidths, you know, to end this on a positive note. And uh, just so people know when you know how to protect yourself, but also know, uh, you know, our true potential and purpose on this planet, then we can be impervious to all these things. And your work, Sherry, is uh, I think the ultimate tool as far as, uh, you know, helping people achieve those things so that we're no longer under control. And, and you said it perfectly. There's a few hundred of them and, and uh, billions of us. So what the heck is preventing us from just saying, no, we could overwhelm them in two seconds if we wanted to. Uh, there's, uh, there's a great video out uh, 
oh, what's his name, uh, Larkin Rose, who, uh, who demonstrate that in a little cartoon fashion with, he does it with little dots and, you know, the numbers of us versus the ruling class. And it's uh, something so, uh, people should really uh, watch if they want a graphic representation of that. But we have all the power. And what they've done is they've convinced us that we're insignificant. You can't fight City Hall. And, and then, of course, when uh, brave souls uh, try to leave the pack and think independently, uh, you know, then people are actually of such a herd mentality that they try to attack the people that are trying to be free. Uh, myself, in a lifetime of alternative medicine, I've had to practice under the radar because we were successfully... Uh, dealing with, uh, you know, what's considered terminal diseases and such. And if you get out there in public about what you're actually doing or, or demonstrate the results you're getting, uh, you, you literally, you know, you said we're getting strangled. <laughs> well, that's literally true in my profession. I, I have uh, close colleagues that have actually lost their lives just for doing the right thing and helping people. So, um, yeah, I'd encourage everybody to, to get to your work because it's really, uh, really a tool that uh, is, is timely and more necessary than ever. Thank you. I want to leave people with a thought that really started in religion. And they've done studies on this. If you want someone to change their mind, you hire them to change the minds of other people. And that's what proselytizing is about. So when you hear these guys talking and you're different and they want you to be the same as them, it shows they have a lack of faith in what they're trying to support. If somebody can't stand alone and must have you beside them in an argument or anything else, they are using you to promote and support their own views. Yep. Yeah. Did I make that clear enough? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and religion's a great example of that. Um, I think our politicians, a lot of them, are treating our present world like it's a religion and not the politics of uh, leadership. Yes. And our present state of science is religion it has nothing to do with science we call it scientism it's uh it's just all about ideology and it has nothing to do with empiricism boy we could do three or four shows <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a this was a good start and um i think we can end it there I, we always like to end on a positive note and i think bear summarized it well is that you you are providing um such an not only amazing resources on self, uh, soundhealthoptions.com, but also uh, with Sound Health Portal uh, technologies that um, can really empower the individual to start taking more responsibility because, I mean, how amazing is that to not, when somebody, typically an, an average person uh, in this, uh, especially in this country, they come down with a sore throat or they, um, you know, have an ache or pain that's worrisome and they got to get to work and, you know, they've got all the, the normal everyday worries. What do they do? They have to run to either their doctor or they run to um, uh, the, an emergency room or whatever, and then, boom, they're put right into the system. And I can't tell you how many horror stories I have from simple little pains that ended up into 
$20,000 bill and way more complications. The ability to go into your computer or whatnot or go on this website and find out um, what that real diagnosis is and the simple things to do to fix yourself, I mean, that will essentially right there is such a massive revolution. So um, everybody, please go check out soundhealthoptions.com, soundhealthportal.com. Uh, Sherry, uh, thanks again for being on with, on with us today. Any parting words for our audience? Uh, yes. There's nothing wrong with what's in your voice. It's what you do about it that makes a difference. Love that. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And um, having kids myself, I think it's super empowering to get started with them really early on this stuff because um, they probably have an ability, like with most things, to really take, take this on and empower themselves with understanding their voice much because they're, they're much less indoctrinated. So, um, you know, doing this with schools and stuff would be amazing. I'd like to see a whole project done on enhanced learning. Yeah. You know, but another show. Exactly. But yes. Tell me about your community. I really want to know more. Sure. So um, we uh, are developing an online community. Right now we use Telegram uh, as one of our main portals, which is a really uh, fun app, app you can get on your phone. Uh, and um, we have uh, daily chats going on there and really, really alternative thinkers on there. Um, we also um, are developing our uh, Physic Garden Co-op up here in Northern California, and we work with permaculturists and people that are involved with um, the local ecology, farmers, etc. And so we're it's kind of a a, a two-pronged community where we have the the physical community that we're growing, and then we have the digital online community. We also are on Discord which is another great uh, tool to community build online. But Telegram is really where we're focused on building there. And then also one thing that I'm developing because I come from the cryptocurrency world is that we're developing uh, a really uh, hopefully revolutionary cryptocurrency that's based on um, proof of experience and grounding it in real community building. And so that is to give us financial freedom in conjunction with Bitcoin which is more of the um, a way to, it's the new gold, if you will, to, to save. And then we're building the cryptocurrency to actually that uh, motivates you to spend and to, to engage in commerce. That is totally decentralized, not controlled by anyone, and super empowering in that way. So our community is really focused around, I guess, you know, three things. One, autonomy, health autonomy. Uh, two, uh, getting back in touch with our locality and growing our own food and working together through bartering systems to, to get more local. And then three, globally through, through Telegram and these other new technologies and eventually a more decentralized uh, community technology that isn't owned by a company where we can uh, have really um, interesting conversations on the daily where we can try to come together as, an, uh, as a global community um, to come up with solutions for the future. And Sounds my wife and myself here, we're, we're, uh, we ground things in and that we really are an agricultural-based co-op. And uh, my wife and myself are affiliated with the Northwestern University up here. We teach classes in uh, gardening, permaculture, 
We uh, help um, lower-income people learn how to grow their own food and develop their own food banks with good, nutritious food. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, we just uh, know that food should be our medicine. And uh, even health food stores don't have proper food these days. Fresh produce is devoid of most things. So I specialize in soil science and, and teach people how to grow nutrient-dense food. And uh, so we occupy our time here in the community. We do a lot of volunteer work. We have a lot of classes on our property. Um, and uh, also, again, affiliated with uh, other learning institutions where we reach a lot of people. So we, we have a lot of things that keep us busy as well. I think it's wonderful. I think this will be a great marriage. Yes, yeah, sure. Could... And we would love to have you out here. Maybe we could work on uh, whether it be just through, um, we could do it like this, where we have people uh, you know, at a class or workshop and we bring you in through Skype or Zoom or something. Or we have you in person, you know, come out. We'd love to obviously meet you in person, but um, start developing um, uh, different technologies where we not only use what you've developed, but what Dr. Lando's developed to have a full spectrum uh, health course. Because one thing that um, Dr. Lando specializes in is bioterrain medicine, which is the, we just did a show on um, uh, Bouchamp versus Pasteur and um, kind of the germ theory hoax. And we're going to have a follow-up next week, which will kind of tie it all into bioterrain medicine and what's going on in today's uh, medical world. But uh, somehow, you know, bringing these all together, I think you're right. It's a great marriage. And I think we'll have a lot more future discussions. Do you think your people would be interested in a stem cell nutrient class? What stem cells? Absolutely. That's one of the ones that we want to get out and share with people because we see so much damage from statins that we really want to help people build their bodies back. Yeah, that's I'd really love cool. to be involved with that one. Cool. Okay, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today, Sherry. It sounds like we'll have some future talks. Uh, it'll be really exciting to have. Um, speaking of our community, um, if you like this talk and uh, this podcast, please join us. We have great discussions every day, like I said, on our Telegram channel, which is t.me forward slash alpha vedic, A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C. You can also join us on Discord. Uh, you'll find the link there in our Telegram. If you go to our website, alphavedic.com, that has all of our links uh, we do this show every week, uh, every Thursday at 10 in the morning on DLive. That's another great way to join in and ask questions and um, interface with us in real time. Uh, we, all, we are also uh, starting our Patreon channel. That should be up and running hopefully by the end of the week. That's going to be really exciting because we're going to not only have, um, when we have speakers like Sherry on, we'll have an additional content on there uh, just for the Patreon subscribers. And it's a way to help fund our, uh, our mission to bring um, agriculture uh, awareness and like what Dr. Lando said with soil science and other uh, health modalities to the world uh, to help fund us. But also, um, we'll be giving you an insight, an insider's look on our farm, our off-grid operation, and all the different techniques we use for, from soil health to just the day-to-day -day stuff that we're doing there. Um, as far as growing the, our tea of immortalities and all that fun stuff. So it'll be a way to, to really get an insider's look 
into um, our operation as well as we'll probably have monthly um, insider Zoom uh, sessions where you can ask questions to Dr. Lando, myself, Deb Lando, and the rest of our team. So uh, the Patreon will be coming up shortly. But just, yeah, go to alphavedic.com to see all of our links. And um, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to us on DLive as well as on YouTube. Subscribe and hit the notification, notification bell for our future videos. Uh, thanks again, Sherry, for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. It was great. Oh, wonderful. See you and later. See you later, uh, Sherry. And Thank you, Sherry. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later, guys. Take care.